Hi, this is Ricky Stewart, and if you want to listen to a Raiders podcast, then you should listen to the official one, Behind the Limelight, not this rubbish with Flaky Blakey. Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And once more coming to us all the way from the west coast of the United States of America, it's Hollywood Mattel Nevers. Hello, gentlemen. Every time I'm introduced, it's somewhere. It's either Hollywood, it's either the other side of somewhere, but now it's the west coast and I'm glad yeah. to be joining us after a win. So hello, everybody. Much happening in Hollywood this oh. week. Quite weak. Yeah, just a, a bit of slapping here and there, you know, the, the odd award. How how uh, how, how was the Oscars? Well, the Oscars are great, you know. We we all went we all went there. We all turned up. Um, someone decided to slap someone for some reason, and and um, oh, mate, like I, I mean, without getting too serious, obviously, I, it's ridiculous what he did. In and what's really sad um, is that. It was the pinnacle of many people's careers that night, and it was overshadowed by someone getting his knickers in a knot and, and feeling like he had to defend something. But um, you know, Australia was proud. We I, actually, um, to pull the curtain back, a, a dear friend of mine was nominated on Sunday night. So she, Ari Wagner, um, who was the cinematographer for a thing I did called the Kettering Incident, which was a BBC World uh, series that we did in Tasmania. She was the cinematographer for Power of the Dog. So she was nominated and uh, she didn't win, even though, um, you know, it was incredible cinematography on her film. Uh, Dune won or June for um, uh, Greg Frazier, who's an Aussie as well. Um, but it's a, yeah, it was a bit of a crazy night that night. I think the entire world kind of suddenly looked at their phone at the same time to realize Will Smith slapped Greg, Chris Rock and, and, uh, then you won the award and tried to make it out like it was all chivalrous rather than just an act of violence. So um, he would have been suspended for how many weeks? Three weeks, four <laughs> weeks, if he was an NRL player? Or Depends. if it was even Storm player, he would have got no weeks and just yeah. a, a small fight. He, he would have got as many weeks as the um, Daily Telegraph or Fox NRL called for. Did you, know, did you notice that with Mitch Barnett? It's like, they're all coming, I think six weeks, six weeks is the amount, six weeks. That was the media line was six weeks. And what did... The judiciary come out with exactly six weeks. What do you think that was? Do you think it was six or more? Uh, I'm 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 fine with six. I mean, the ridiculous one is, of course, is uh, Nelson Asafa Solomona. You know, flashback to twelve months ago, and um, we're all about protecting the head. Now you can fairly premeditatedly whack some bloke in the head and get a fifteen hundred dollar fine, which is nothing. I'm sure Pork's got an idea. Like Papa Lee, what did Papa Lee get for that innocuous in Magic Round last year? It was it five weeks? And now Nas got none. What do you yes, think, Pork? It was a few weeks. I thought Papa got three weeks for that because he also got sent off. Um, I thought he got three. It wasn't more than four, and it wasn't less than two. I can't remember specifically. I remember the outrage. I remember the red mist descending, but I don't remember the actual scheme. But anyway, we are coming to you from, well, sort of coming to you from the filthiest storeroom located somewhere in the bowels of Civic location, of which we will never reveal where we play. No, never. I'm here. 
I'm holding down this for this dude. Yeah, you are. Un unfortunately, the pork has a little bit of um, uh, pork flu. Swine flu? And is at home. And uh, haven't even bothered putting pants on. So, you know, imagine what you will there, Blake, and the porklets. Uh, we're brought to you by The Greenhouse, the Raiders' number one fan forum on the internet. Get online and get engaging with people um, who get on that forum. <laughs> Uh, we're also brought to you by the good people at Lance Speed Records. Come in and buy your CDs, your LPs, and all your audio technica gear from people who love the Canberra Raiders as much as you do. And if you're listening to this podcast, the chances are you love the Canberra Raiders. Isn't that right, Blake? 100%. Papa, I just looked it up, got three weeks last year during Magic Round, and he missed out the first game of the State My God, of I got something right. Yeah, he missed. I don't believe yeah. you. It was five weeks. It's got to be five weeks. I'm not even believing that in our websites anymore. Do you know what gets to me, though? Yeah. What, what gets to me is that um, we, we, you know, this is all the changes that come into the judiciary. You know, 12 months ago, we are all about protecting the head, and now we're issuing these bloody... It's ridiculous. I've, 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 also, I've also looked at our, you know, upcoming schedule, and we play Melbourne in two weeks, so I'd love for Nas to, to be uh, suspended for two he, weeks. He killed us. He killed us uh, last year at... at at Bruce Stadium, I, th I think in the podcast I said he was the player I was most scared of, and yeah, he ran over the top of um, Tom Starling on our line twice, scored two tries. Yeah, I'd love to have him out. Well, here's the conspiracy theory, people: as the game is actually a closed competition, it's not a product of either the New South Wales, the Australian Rugby League, or the Queensland Rugby League. It's actually a private closed competition owned by a private company. And that private company may well also own media institutions and outlets. It may well be, and this is just a thought, I'm not saying this is the case, it could be a thought, it might just be in the interest of that potential company to make sure there's media headlines around the place and outrage, you know, is good for business. So there is always that option. I mean, I've heard that flouted before. Allegedly, it could be the case. Who knows? Who knows? But the, we've got some news is that... Uh, Chris, is it, he's got that. He's is it He's a Trotskyist right now. We've got some Russian like revolutionist stump stuff coming out of the pork. I love it. I love that the way that you're talking here, mate. But let's let, we can get on to Sebastian Chris, mate. I'll, I'll just uh, I'll, I'll step away from from the Trotsky. Well, apparently, like the the pork, the uh, the Chris Sebastian has got the Rona, and as a result, we're seeing you don't uh, have the Rona. You don't have the Rona. You've done no, like twelve tests now. Positive. Uh, negative. Negative. Yeah. Yeah, I've never met but someone who's I'm so de determined to have coronavirus as you. You keep on getting tests. You keep on getting negative tests. It's like the boy who cried wolf. You're like, oh, I've got coronavirus. I was like, oh, God, spare me. I'm still doing the show. Negative, right? Well, always I'm negative, wanted to get Curtis Rona. My... <laughs> I never did. Um, at the moment, while I'm negative, right, we're going off the boys, and he's the one who's brought into the household, his incarceration period, so we can come out of incarceration next Monday. But if I pick it up, the incarceration period starts again. So I'm going because I want that positive result as soon as I can possibly get it, so I can get out of this house. That's why. That's not anyway. That's not how the runner works. News, the runner only works. The runner only. You're going to get it the day that your boys clear. That's the way it works. We've all we've all been through it. Not and getting tested anymore. That's what's going to happen. I'm not getting tested. Okay, but the big news is, after a long wait, Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork, Ask Clown, Ask Clown Beanies are back in stock. Blake? They are available now. There's a slight price increase from last year, and they're now twenty nine ninety five because um, I thought we might try and break even this time as opposed to losing money. But, you know, we didn't actually end up losing money last time because good old T-Mac came through and uh, subsidised the beanies. 
I'm wearing my beanie right now, and I can tell you, especially leading up to a cold winter in Canberra and a lot of night games, a lot of primetime games, it's the warmest and softest beanie that you could possibly put on. So if you do listen to this podcast and you do want to support the Canberra Raiders, then just jump on, buy a beanie, and uh, maybe I'll see you at the stadium because uh, I'm wearing it right now. I'm going to take a screenshot. I'll tweet it out, and um, these beanies are awesome. Nice one. Just make nice sure one. you put it on the right way round first, Matthew. <laughs> He's got it on the right way round. Put it on the right Look, let's, we, we, we started alluding to the Titans. Let, let's get into this. Um, is that as putrid a first half as you have ever seen? No, the Cowboys was worse, man. The Cowboys was worse. Matt's going to tell yeah. us that everything was okay because he's watched it 16 times. I tried to do what he... He said, keep on watching the Cowboys game. <laughs> and by the end of it, like, I drank the Kool-Aid. I thought the Raiders were robbed. And like Ricky, it was, love- just, it was just the bounce of the ball that went against us. They were lucky. They scored a couple of tries <laughs> off kicks. But having said all that, of course, maybe the Cowboys aren't as crap as we thought they were anyway. You know, oh, they still might be. They still might be. I love that. I love that. I've become like the Raiders' most positive fan on podcasts. You know, if you listen to the podcast, it's all doom and gloom. And I, honestly, um, we, we, we're all serious Raiders fans. And if you're listening to this, you're a serious Raiders fan. And if you've Listen to this, then you've watched every game of the Raiders over the last number of years. And that first half is not the worst half of football we've put in. By far. It's not even close to the no, worst I've half. No, I've seen worse. I've seen worse than that. By I've far, we've put in the worse. Second we've half, made, we've... The, the no, second half you, of the Raiders versus the Storm in the 68 points to four loss, second half is the worst half of football I've ever seen from the Raiders ever. But that was the second we, half. I'm talking about first half. We didn't half. give up. We, we we had we look honestly. We we, we had some execution issues. Um, there was and you know it was four nil about 20 minutes in. Uh, Schneider didn't look to his left when he made that break off that beautiful rap on a pass or to his right uh, where Sammy was steaming up the wing, as you pointed out. <laughs> and you know and Raps didn't catch that ball off that little um, play, Tarpany, which yeah. they, they're going to, they're going to perfect that. You know, Tarpany did that play in the um, all-stars game and Rapin is now back and he's playing a different ball game. He's like sniffing around the ruck. Um, he's like Tommy Turbo one, two, in three, origin. Absolutely, mate. It is so exciting for the Raiders because if you're defending against that, it's a nightmare. And, the way that him and Semi Valamai have, have figured out who's going to go in, who's going to stay out, who's going to defend, that's the first game that they've played together. Um, but we're going to talk about the semi train later, Blake, because you're off the semi train. Semi trailer. But the name right. Semi trailer. But there were there were a couple of we bombed a couple of tries, you know, and and then ultimately there was a few mistakes that we made by giving away some penalties, but that much of that comes down to Sutton too. I don't particularly like that referee. No, he, he was, he was blowing he liked, penalties. Like he likes crazy. to blow it and then make his voice. Uh, and we'll let pork maybe step in with that one. But, but the, the first half of the, the first half of that game wasn't, wasn't as stupid as the Raiders can play. We've played some really dumb halves of football where we just didn't execute what we wanted to execute. And then we gave away some silly penalties, but that's not, that's not based off effort. That's not based off skill. That's not based off structure. And personally, I think we just, we had a bit of a, 
obviously a look in the mirror and Ricky had a pretty, pretty good chat at half time. And then we, we didn't change our game plan. We didn't suddenly start throwing the ball a different way and suddenly start just trying to play Harlem Globetrotter rugby league in the second half. We just stuck to what we were doing in the first half, but stuck to it with more discipline and we came out on top. So I get it. It's a game of two halves and I get it. The first half, we weren't great, but we weren't terrible. Anyway, Paul. It felt pretty terrible at the ground, um, pretty low. Uh, it was very quiet. No one came down to the tunnel to boo the Raiders off the field, but I don't feel it was very far off. But in I, the second half, in the second half, it exploded. Before, before you get into that, Tim, before there, there, you get into that, can I just say, I actually sent out a message to my various group chats saying the only reason I was staying till um, half time was so that I could go down to the tunnel and boo off the players, and then I was going to go home. Now, of course, this was a joke. But a number of people did think I was serious and asked if I actually saw the second half and thought that I'd left. But I was never going to leave. And no, I didn't go down and boo the players at the time of halftime either. So strong story there, Blarke. Eh? We'll be getting to the shark later as a few few words to say on this this particular subject. Look, in, in the stunning comeback, there were a few people that I wanted to actually bring up. Um, I thought mm-hmm. Adam Elliott, his punchy runs in the second half were really, really good and powerful. That sort of stuff that weaves back behind the ruck, but really drove hard. That was good. I thought Tom Starling had his best match for the season. And not that that was very difficult, Thomas, but it was a good match. Um, the run to set up uh, the second Tomoko <laughs> try was absolutely mm-hmm. outstanding. But even better was when he recovered the situation when the Titans were attacking in the second half and not only stopped them scoring, but got the damn ball out of the end goal. Yeah, that was and a also his, his, that was his chase brilliant. on the uh, his chase on the Jack Whiten kick. I mean, Whiten was down there with him, but he was the first one down there to get the repeat set. I think we scored off. That's right, and I think Schneider had a very strong match. He had a, a shaky first half, but his second half, he got stronger and stronger. His goal kicking was down. I hope he's taken, uh, taken at least 150 shots at training this week. Uh, Matt, three knees to Moko, and no, it's not taking off. I thought about when I was interviewing him after the match that I was going to ask him how he felt about the name three knees, but I didn't think Gable would like it very much. So I left it. It's going to take off. Um, it's good. He, he was magnificent, and he's just starting to show exactly what he's going to be. He was in the right place at the right time, made every post a winner. But coming in strong for the $20 Raiders view with Blake and the Pork, $20 land speed records, man of the match, has to be Jack White. And the turning point in the match was his kick from just on the 40 and his magnificent chase. From that point, we were never headed in that game. We were behind on the scoreboard. We were never headed. That is the bit that came up. Everything that was good in the first half was Jack Whiten. There wasn't much, but everything that was good was him. His defense was impeccable. Um, He was trying everything he possibly could. He ran the ball brilliantly at all times. But in that match, in the second half, he kept them guessing. He was a constant thought in their side. He kept absolutely belting people. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. Um, Called for him all last season to lift. Oh, my goodness gracious me. It's on delay, but he's lifted in a big way. Matthew. Mate, I, I have to. I have to absolutely agree. Like I, I like as we've already spoken a couple of times, that I've, I've watched the game back a couple of times, and I, not only with that kick and that chase, and then Starling pinning him in the end goal, um, and then Jack in the following set of six on the fourth tackle, kicking for Tomoko's first try. I rewatched um, the second half only about an hour ago, and what really excited me, what what made me think that, um, you know, Jack's not just back to his Dallium, um form, but maybe even better than his Dallium form. 
is the the following try where Chris scores in the corner where um, Schneider gives the last pass. So Jack's standing on the left of the ruck and he, he looks to Schneider and he yells to Schneider. If you, if you go back and watch it, and I implore everyone that's listening to this podcast, please do it if you can. Um, he, he yells over to Schneider behind me and he's, he's throwing his arm back. He's like, back here, back here, back here. Jack is the first receiver. Schneider loops around. Jack gets the ball off the, the dummy half, gives it to Schneider, and then Schneider gives the, the cutout pass to Chris to score in the corner. Now, Schneider gets a bit of plaudits there for the try assist, but he had no idea to be there unless Jack called him. And clearly, later in the game, Jack's doing all the tackles and all that great stuff that we know that he does. But in that particular moment, when Jack saw that we might have uh, an overlap on the left-hand side... He did an overcall. He made his other half run around and play second receiver, which when would Jack White have ever done that years yeah. past? He was like, more, really like, he was more present uh, in that game than I've seen him in a long time. And if you I watched the replay because we were at the ground and like a lot of the we were very fortunately sat in the corner where all the tries were pretty much scored in the first half and the second half. Mm. So a lot of a lot of the action was right in front of us. But um he was really a present in that game and he was really engaged and he was talking a lot and he was really animated and it was great to see. And the thing about him too is, you know, he's such a threat, even if the ball doesn't go to him and he plays more of the, you know, the, the dummy role, he's so valuable because the defense is going to be watching him wherever he is and it's going to open up opportunities for other people as well. I mean, you see it with Tommy Turbo, you see it, you know, with James Tedesco. The th- defense is so preoccupied on them, it actually leaves other people open but what's made what's made me so excited about that particular play like jack's always been that threat as the runner he's always been that threat as the or the dummy you know like the guy that's out the back like in that first game against cronulla when hudson young went short to tomoko and it came back to young right but in that particular play jack was the halfback and he called schneider around to be the second receiver he 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 his knowledge of the game and his maturity is, is, is jumped to another level. I think this year that I, I can't wait to see what happens for the rest of the season. And clearly we're still a young side when it comes mm-hmm. to our spine and things might not always fall the way. And, you know, we, we gave up a 22 nil lead, but, but I was super excited by what I saw this afternoon with that particular try. I've been calling years and made fun of years ago when I first started making comparison that Jack White reminded the hell out of me of Laurie Daly. Yeah. This season, I think that comparison really, really fits. Yeah. No, I was going to say exactly the same thing in the Laurie Daly comparison. I mean, you think about the evolution of Laurie Daly and um, where he went from, you know, just basically being a runner and an instinctive player. And when Laurie Daly first played in the centers, I used to get pissed off with him at Seaford because he'd never pass the ball to Chicka. We thought he was a hog, but you know, as he evolved, he became a leader and he became the sort of the main man in attack. And a friend of mine played with Laurie in his sort of last years at the Raiders, and he said by then he was hobbling around on one leg, but he's still so good at just directing everyone and telling everyone where to be. And I see Jack evolving into that role. You know, he's he's he used to be just purely just a, a instinct player. Now, as Matt's pointed out, you know, he's he's directing the other players, and it's it's great to oh, see. Oh, Blake. Mate, Blake, go back and watch that one particular play and just go the tackle before. And Jack is screaming at Schneider. He's screaming at him going, this side, this side. And Schneider just listens, runs around. And it's, it's as a Raiders fan, and if you're listening to this, you are a Raiders fan, I implore you to go back and watch that. 
and you're going to be excited for the rest of the season because we're, we're seeing the evolution of Jack Whiten and it's brilliant to watch because we know and, he can hit those tackles. We know he can hit those runs, but geez, my gosh, he's now become a ball player that we've all wanted him to be. I'm super excited. And we've seen evolution like this come on before. In 2008, when Carney got sacked, we saw Terry Campisi go, well, it's me now and hell, it, I'm going to do it. And we saw a magnificent season as a result of Terry Campisi doing that. And I think with Hodgson going down and Fogarty going down, Whiten's just gone, it's me and I'm going to do it. And it's fantastic. Look, there were other special mentions in that game, which I wanted to point out. Big Red. Joe Tarpany. Joe Tarpany. You totally you lost over Joe Tarpany. Oh, Big Red was great when he okay. came on. Big Red was great when he came <laughs> on. And, you know, when I watched back the game, I was still a little bit down on Gula at the game, Matt. I've got to say... And every time he got up and played the ball, I was watching very nervously. But yep. watching the game back again, I think he actually did a pretty good pretty good job. And if you look at that um, Starling break, where he sort of went skipping through everyone. The goal to play the ball. Yep. It, was a, it was a good goal to play the ball. Uh, but yeah, Big Red was fantastic. I mean, the, the punch he's bringing off the bench is what we've been looking for. And it's obvious that, you know, last year he was injured. He was in and out of the side. He didn't have a great season, but he's back to his best. And it's good because a lot of us were questioning whether he would be actually a player that would adapt. A first grade player, yeah, to, yeah, yeah, to the new rules. But he's, I think, well, he's he back. Has, and the, the, he's back in contention for a, a Maroons bench spot again. Which would be yeah, great and to that see. hit that he did on Isaac Liu, oh, it was fantastic. Um, it, inevitably, you know, it it was it would it was started the turning of the tide, and his imploring of his teammates to get on board with him was was really quite great. The other person I want to bring up. Um, in special mentions category um, is Semi Valame. And we've talked about whether you're on the semi-trailer or not, but he scored the try at the end of the first half and it was a go- it was a scrappy try, but he got the ball and he didn't try and do anything. He went, I'm a great big unit. I'm going to get this ball and I'm going to drive hard and low and I'm going to score. And that's exactly what he did. If he goes high, he goes around and he might've blown it, but he went, no, I'm a great big unit and I'm going to go hard and low and I'm going to go through this. In the first half, he hit Brimson pretty hard, and it was fun to watch. In the second half, when the match was on the line, when they had the ball and one last chance, and Lord knows the Titans are dangerous, it wasn't enough just to cremate um, AJ Brimson on the field by smashing him, but removing his under, you know his shorts down to showing his pink speckled underpants, um, the the ultimate thing, and it was a fantastic hit. What I liked about that as well is if you actually go back and watch the replay, the players aren't really sure initially whether it's been called a knock on. And the yeah. Titans keep the Titans keep on attacking, and Sammy actually gets up, and he's the one that's chasing down every single player. Yeah, he gets up, he chases ball. not just the next guy, then the and next guy, guy that, yeah, the next guy. Yeah, no, that was what awesome. I also liked about Sammy, and this is one of the things which is lost on you know, I guess um, a lot of the, th- the small things that he does is uh, sometimes his first and second tackle carries are really strong. Um, if you think back to that time when we got pinned into our corner, when Tommy Starling, you know, uh, he was offside to be honest, but when AJ Brimson did a little kick and Starling in the end goal grabbed it and then, and then happened to get the ball outside of our own in goal in goal. And we were tackled two meters out from our try line and we had to truck it out. It was the second of the first tackle where Valamai took the hit up and he got a 15 meter hit up really quickly there. And he does that all the time. And I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, yeah, look, I'm this, on, no, one's, no one's criticizing his ability to track out the ball. 
No one's criticising you. You're criticising. No, Blake. No, it's it's just the edge. It's just the edge defence that's that's the concern with Semi. Absolutely, of course it is. Anyway, anyway, in recognition of our own Hollywood Madeline Evers's particular love of the Semi trailer, Semi Valame, we're going to come up with a new segment starting from next week, hosted by Matt, which is called "I've Got a Semi." I've got a semi for semi, no, I tell we, you. Ladies be getting ready for that. Hi, it's former Canberra Raiders captain Alan Tung here. And you know I don't actually go in footy tipping comps. But if I did, I'd tip the Raiders every week. Tom Starling, it worked <laughs> bringing him back off the bench again. He was, he's back to like coming in. It looked better with him coming in, you know, uh, when once the defence has got a bit tired. I love that. Whether or not I think that Frawley is the man to play those first 20 minutes, I'm still not convinced. Uh, you know... He didn't threat, threaten to really do, to do anything our dummy half. His passing was okay. He did, you know, he defended pretty well in the middle. But my God, he looked, by when he came off, he looked like he was half dead. So I don't know if he's going to be able to do that week on week, week in, week out basis. I still wonder whether Adam Elliott might be a better option for that role. Because, you know, Adam Elliott looked good. And he's an 80-minute player and we're playing for him about 25 minutes. But, Matt, you obviously have some thoughts you want to, you know, weigh in on this. I do. I mean... I mean, I think all Raiders fans have thoughts. You know, when you lose Hodgson, you know, such a quality player, it's going to throw up questions. Um, and we have a quality hooker backing up Hodgson, which is Trevelyan. And Trevelyan's going to be our our Hodgson in the future. You know, but I don't think I don't think dropping in Trevelyan at such a young age. And I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm realizing now that I'm a Rickophile. I'm an absolute Ricky stalwart. You hang out with the I, No, I'm not. Pork and I haven't hung out enough. He's not wearing underwear and I'm probably going to come around to his house. But the, I, I am wearing underwear. I'm not wearing pants. All right. There you go. <laughs> no, but I think Trevelyan probably needs to play more minutes in lower grades to get his lungs because yeah, but what he becomes think... a first grade to play. No, I, I I keep Starling doing what he did on the weekend. It no, no, no. But All... is who's the man to play start at nine? Who's the man to is play the first twenty it's, minutes? It's absolutely obvious after this weekend. It's fucking. It's Frawley, mate. Frawley was brilliant. He's, he was he brilliant. Almost, he was brilliant. He almost he made he made that break down the right hand side, and he was defensively strong. And he is passed to the left and passed to the right. Who would you have instead of Frawley? Okay, you want Adam Look, Elliott, like you right just now. said. You want, you want Adam Elliott, like you just said. I said that's a possibility. And then, and then who would you have on the bench? Instead of Adam Elliott? Yeah. Uh, well, you could have another forward. Trevelyan? No. Or, well, no, you wouldn't. You'd be, that'd be replacing like with like. You could have Savage on the bench for a bit of X Factor. No. What, what, what worked What worked this weekend works. We didn't. We weren't twenty-two nil behind because Frawley was playing. We were twenty-two nil behind because we made some disciplinary mistakes. Because it was semi letting all those tries down the right edge. Uh, okay, listen, the semi listen, okay, okay, listen, listen. Over. I'm telling you right now. But I'm, <laughs> we were behind because of Frawley. Frawley played really well, and he. I think he, he did, did a job. I think he did a job. To say he played really well is is, is he a did a job, man. and that's is a he did a job, and that's what, what else he was do you want to do? We're going to support. And we're going to support Ricky because that's, you know, he's made those calls and we'll get in behind him. And it did work in the sense did, that the Raiders actually did win the match. Did you notice but how what smug, I'm saying here is that... Tw- did you notice how smug Ricky was in the uh, press conference afterwards about the the Frawley selection? 
Is that not the best game that you've smug. seen Starling? If that's not the best game you've seen Starling play in a dozen I've always, games, I've always said that Starling should come on after twenty minutes. Exactly. I think I think it works. Right. I think so it does work. My point here is right that in two thousand and nineteen, Adrian Trevelyan playing for Kerwin, you know, out of Kerwin State High School, where he played with Brad Schneider. Right, same age, played with Brad Schneider. He won the best school war player in the country. That's what he did. He joins in the footsteps in winning that award. David Fafita and Payne Haas, right? And they all played at an earlier level. Now, I understand Ricky wanting to protect him, but I think that it's great having Frawley there now, but I want to see Trevelyan play. I want to see this kid play. I want to see him play as early as possible. I'll back Ricky in his calls. But the sooner I, I, I want to see Trevelyan play, I think he does need, because they've had no reserve grade stuff, I think he does need more games under his belt. And he played the whole match last week, which was really good. And he played really well. Which I, is heard he did, I, I heard he didn't he set a lot on fire. Of... Mate, he, he, he scored like 100 once, fantasy once... points and killed it. He set up three tries. and But what I, what I, but I, I'm also, we're all in the business of chatting about the Raiders. And we love to jump on... I mean, I do love to jump on every podcast or, you know, media outlet. I go to the Raiders website seven times a day about everything that they put out. But I I believe that Ricky knows a lot more about rugby league than I do. And I believe that he knows a lot more about what these players are capable of in their off season than what I do. And, you know, we might see Brad Schneider doing great this season, and we might say, oh, Schneider should be there last year. But maybe the only reason he's there this year is because of the amazing offseason that he's had. Like, I, I, I truly believe that we've got to put our faith in the people that know more about the sport than we do. And I'm, I'm 100% behind I know, I, the look, way that... I agree with that. But I, I think at the moment, Frawley is going to be the way it goes into starting as long as he's up to it. But the instant something goes wrong... Trevelyan has to come in. So he will come in the instant someone goes down with there. But moving along, there was yes. someone who, you know, like sees your lack of faith, Blake, sees your lack of faith, uh, understand it, seen you've been hacking on semi, seen you've been tweeting out that you're going to go down to the, the thing and boo, boo the players coming off at half. I didn't time tweet and, that. Uh, that was, that was a private... Happy. That was a private. Uh, that was in the circle of trust, man. That was a, who tweeted it out. <laughs> anyway, anyway, it got out. Danny Stewart's not happy, and he's got something to say about it. <clears throat> yeah, this is Danny Stewart, the uh, half brother of a uh, Canberra Raiders coach, Ricky Stewart. <clears throat> the person who is not strong enough gives up at the halfway point, but you are limiting yourself before even starting. <clears throat> the great Confucius. <clears throat> Now, there's a bloke that uh, should have been bearing those in, in words in mind the other night. Uh, um, I'm not going to name names, but uh, let's just say at this stage that uh, his name rhymes with Jake. <coughs> now, I've got it on good authority that uh, this bloke was uh, carrying on like a good sword and throwing the toys out of the when we were 22 nil down. Uh, <coughs> uh, even threatened to uh, go home at one stage. <coughs> well, I've got to say, at least bloke is, mate. I uh, hope you weren't there at the end celebrating with everyone else, because... Uh, Mate, if you're going to be like that, if you're uh, going to turn your back on the boys when the going gets tough, uh, you can piss off now and uh, go and support the Dolphins, mate. <clears throat> we don't need fans like that. Uh, we want fans that are going to stick through, through the boys uh, through thick and thin. <clears throat> uh, so to that bloke concerned, you know who you are, pull your head in, mate. 
Now, it's for the actual uh, game itself. Uh, it was Ricky, Ricky last year that uh, <clears throat> came up with the famous quote that would be in the grand final if it uh, came down the courage and effort. <clears throat> you know, I never, uh, personally, I never lost faith in the boys. I uh, always knew we, we were going to win that game of footy. Uh, and the reason is because uh, those boys have, uh, they all have hearts the size of Farway. <clears throat> uh, but in regards to the uh, courage and effort thing, uh, I can confirm that on the C&E ladder, uh, the courage and effort ladder, uh, we're top of the table. <clears throat> That's the only ladder that uh, matters to me. Uh, on our way to another C&E grand final, I think we're in the bottom of the eight on the actual table, but uh, <clears throat> for the actual one that matters to me, the C&E ladder, top of the tree. <clears throat> so it was a gutsy win by the boys. Uh, uh, to the fans that uh, believe the whole way, good on you. Uh, to the ones that turn their back on you, uh, go and have a long hard look at yourselves and uh, go you green machine. You can't fault Danny Stewart on that. You can't. I don't know who he's talking about. Rhymes with Jake. Anyone you know rhymes with Jake, <laughs> Matthew? Uh, like, no, yeah, no. I'm, I'm wearing his name on my head right now. And it's not pork. Yeah, we, we could go. we could change the name of the Blake. show. We could change the name of the show from Blake and the Pork to Jake and the Fat Man. <laughs> <laughs> Great show. Great show. Fair more, more more of an eighties more of an eighties nineties reference, you know, because we've got to we've got to just move out of just solely solely seventies references. Yeah. <laughs> but actually having a look at Nothing the demographics. Wrong with 70s references. Having a look at the demographics of the of the show, um, the listeners are aged between thirty five and fifty nine, so a lot of them probably do. Get the Porks 70s references. Anyway, now it's time for our very favourite, most popular segment on the show, Ask Clown of the Week! <laughs> right, now I've got a special Ask Clown of the Week this week um, because after finding her and actually pointing her out and making her Listener of the Week last week, turns out that Sarah Johnson came online and, <laughs> and hung shit on me and my opinions. So um, I'm going to call her my ass clown of the week. So here you go, Sarah. Two runs, two weeks. You know, you've got two awards, listener of the week and ass clown of the week. Uh, so get that up, yeah. That's a first. Yeah, harsh, uh, Blake, man, harsh. Sarah Johnson, I was actually looking through, I relisted the beanies on the online store today. She is actually the person to buy the first ass clown beanie. So she's a loyal listener. Yeah, she's my favourite. Completely appropriate that she would have an ass clown. And I very much hope that you have it the right way around with the AWS, especially for me, uh, Sarah. Okay, Blake, you've got for Ask Clown of the Week. Okay, so my Ask Clown, it's a bit of a mystery Ask Clown. I'm not exactly sure who this person was, but um, after the game on Saturday night, I listened to the Raiders press conference, and then the, the Titans press conference came up. I thought, oh, well, I may as well listen to the Titans press conference as well. It doesn't go for very long. Uh, and I've got a lot of time for Justin Holbrook. I think he's a fantastic coach. If you might actually remember a couple of years ago when we weren't going so great in 2018, you said, who could we possibly get to replace Ricky Stewart? I suggested there was this guy doing very well in the UK called Justin Holbrook. And what was your reply to that, Pork? Never heard of him. Yeah, who? You, had, you hadn't heard of him, of course. No, no surprise to the listeners there. Anyway, so I went to listen to his press conference. Segwaying slightly, they shot to him on the big screen... Uh, at the end of the game. And he was understandably looking pretty disappointed and upset at the way things had transpired in the second half. Um, we haven't really touched on the Titans' performance at all, but they really, in the second half, you could really see them wilting uh, from where we were. And um, I wasn't for... I was pretty confident for with 20 to go that we were going to overrun them because they really looked like they'd run out of puff. David Fido, I mean, he did some good things in the first half and he had that one great run uh, at the end. But for a lot of the second half, he was just walking... 
or had his hands on his hips or his knees and he wasn't really looking to do a lot of work. So you wonder if he's really giving as much giving as much bang for their buck as he should. But when they cut to the shot of Justin Holbrook, up there behind him was Big Mal. And I thought, has there ever been an instance, and Mal's not the ass clown of the week this week, he has been in the past, but has there ever been an instance yeah, where, there's, where there's a coach, I mean, sorry, there's there's someone who is sitting in a grandstand named after them Mal's not the Clown. You're a disgrace. You're a Mal's disgrace for even mentioning him in the segment of Ask Clown. I called you a disgrace last time you made Ask Clown. I'm going to go over this, Matthew. Do you think yeah. people? Yeah, do you yeah, think yeah, that Clark... people would stand stand in other countries to have someone that the the grandstand that they're in was named after, and he was in the well, away I'll, the I'll away just... team's box? That is that's just weird. That's just weird. I mean, in countries in the world, they'd probably burn down the Mal Meninga grandstand. Maybe Obviously not in Canberra. Like, no one cares. Maybe not. But but I also I also don't think that that stadium in Bruce, which is a weird suburb in the world, I don't think that that stadium would even exist if it wasn't for Mal. Mal coming down to the Canberra Raiders. It was already there. We Poor Mal. Out. What are you talking about? No, it wasn't. Mal, the Canberra Arrows used down. to play there. Uh, at Bruce, he, yes. he came down. We were playing at Seafit. Bruce, yeah, but they moved to Bruce. It was already there. It was already there, Matt. They just moved. Yeah, to... would have been... No, no, no. Well, You're getting away from the point, Blake. You're I've got a disgrace. Now, I've got who to finish you my story. Got for okay, okay, so who, 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 on this pod... who on this podcast knows who even the Canberra Arrows are, Blake? <laughs> All just the fifty-nine-year-olds. Mine. Okay, please. All right, all the fifty-nine-year-olds. Anyway, fifty-nine-year-olds. Like, let's just step away. Like, we all know that Mel Meninga has taken on the. The, I don't hold that against him. I don't hold that against him. And he's, he's got, a, you know, he's got a, a lot of kids. Man. He's got a job. You know, he's got a lot of mouths oh. to feed. You can only make so much doing ads for Mal Garnis, Edward Johnson, which would mean nothing to you, Matt. Pork, but, pork. We're going to move over to a different podcast. You and I. We're going to leave Blake out on this little island on his own. It's you ridiculous. Guys, you like guys, you guys could just as long as people know what a disgrace he is. You guys could get a job on behind the limelight. You know, yeah. just don't say anything controversial. Don't say anything negative about the club. You guys have fit right in. That's not true at all. You're just dissing anyway, one of the greatest Australian rugby league players. I'm, little I'm just saying it was just it was an unusual set of circumstances for him to be. It certainly was. Away so spit, out your, spit out your and ass did, clown. Okay, did, so getting to the ass clown. Getting to the ass clown. Uh, so there was someone. So I watched the, the Titans press conference. Justin Holbrook got up there. And someone just, I don't know who it was. I don't know what meter in tennis day. It didn't sound like James Hooper. So I don't know who this unknown ass clown was. But someone basically said to him, he looked quite destroyed, cheer up, mate. At least you got the West Tigers next week. <laughs> now, who could have possibly asked that ridiculous question? That's a Hooper it wasn't question. Even really a, sure. It wasn't really even a question, was it? Uh. <laughs> the pork's gone very are silent. You, are you trying to say... Oh, was that, that you, Pork? Are you trying to was say that you? Me, Blarko? <laughs> what, what did you ask him? What did you ask him? You I, said, did, I, I did not ask. I did not ask um, Justin Holbrook did you, a single question. Did you, you imply? Anything? You said I got the West Tigers next week, mate. <laughs> did, did you take any comfort in that? And of course, being professional, oh, actually, said, I did say that. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> there you go. Right. I did say that. <laughs> what were you expecting him to say? What do you think he's going to say to us? Oh yeah, well, it's. I just know. had to ask a question. <laughs> Yeah, the West Tigers suck, so we can't wait to play. It's double-edged sword, you know, like the West Tigers, you know. Maybe you can beat them. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's. What else was I going to say? Someone had to. No one had anything, so I, you know, I had to kick it off. You should have said it. You anyway, had okay, so so you're you're, you're calling no, no. the pork your ass clown of the week. Is that what I'm hearing, Balake, again? Well, I didn't know it was the pork, but since you've now outed yourself, yes, it was you. 
All right, now my, I had my no idea who it was. Matthew, who's your ass clown? Look, I've gone through a couple, as I always do, and I'm sorry, listeners, to drag on every question that I'm asked to answer because um, it's late at night. Um, but I was thinking about our referee that we had on the weekend because there's a couple of decisions that I wasn't happy with, like when Tommy Starling got that ball in the end goal, Philip Sammy was offside. Um, you know, but but I, I'm sure. It, all the Gold Coast Titans fans would be as unhappy with Sutton as we were um, because he just well, likes to make his calls. Yeah, yeah, but that didn't change the game. Let's no, no, pump no, the no. brakes on that on that call. Let everybody's jumping up and Six down. Six again probably didn't change the, the grand first. final either, you know? But, but we were... Yes, it did. No, yes, it did, Blake. <laughs> You're my, really uh, my, down in your ass cloud status this uh, week, aren't you, Blake? Oh, my God. But no, my ass clown is... Um, the NRL and the way that they're dealing with the judiciary. Like how the hell is uh, Nass getting a $1,500 fine when Papali'i last year got three weeks? How the hell Missed are they trying to claim? That's worth yeah, six. Mate. How the hell is, is this the new way that we're going to try and move forward? And yet they, the match review committee on Sunday came out with the fact that it was just a fine. And then the NRL commission on Monday morning said that it was wrong. And yet no rugby league player was sitting in front of the, the panel until Tuesday night. So it's just absurd. The fact that they can internally say that there is a mistake yet they can't fix it. You know, and everyone that watched that game knows that NAS should be, it's 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 as bad as what Papa Lee did last year, but you know he's a Melbourne Storm well, player, I mean, and he... we'll wait till a Raiders player gets pinned in two weeks, and we'll all have to suck it up because we're from the Canberra Raiders. So. And look, it, it, it's fertile. That's true. It is fertile ground though, because the instant a Raider does get done for basically farting around a scrum, we can go back and say, you know, this player got done for farting around the scrum. Yeah, Nelson Sol- Solomona can basically put a swinging arm into the face of an opponent. And gets a fifteen hundred dollar fine. So in a way, I sort of take some comfort from that. No, but they've also porked. They've also said that it's a grade, even though Nelson Solomona has not been charged, it's not a grade one charge. So you cannot, no matter what yeah. happens in the future, you cannot say that oh, this was a grade one charge. So they've basically said that's a grade two, but we're not going to charge him for a grade two. Yeah. So they're admitting their fault without actually fixing their fault it's it's just absurd mate it's absurd it's it's the yeah, same thing that happened with, that? Come, it, it's the same thing that happened with the, the 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 trainer in the rugby league grand final you know the, the roosters trainer they admit it without fixing it it's the same bullshit that you go on about all the time that i'm completely on board with anyway we won well we won. No, that, that, that is, that, that is a definitely a those views might be a bit controversial for um, in the limelight podcast, though. So that might that might be where you guys lose the gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bury it sideways, son. Now it is time for us to look at this week's teams because, of course, we're coming up against Manly. We're going to Mudgee. It's been a happy hunting ground for Manly. Not a happy hunting ground for us. We lost twenty-five, I believe, twenty-five, seventeen, or twenty-five, eighteen to St George a couple of seasons back there with Paul mm-hmm. Thorne scoring a try, I believe, in controversial circumstances. If we're actually looking at the team, so for Manly, they start off with very good backline. 
you got Tommy Turbo at the back. On one wing, you got Jason Saab. On the other wing, you got Ruben Garrick, who is pretty damn good, I think. Uh, Saab's not question. a fantastic player, but my God, is he fast. He's fast. He's not, he's not very good at bringing the ball out of their own end, which is why people are kicking to him and trying to trap him in a corner. Uh, and I'm going to question your yep. call on very good backline because I don't rate these centers that much. I agree. I don't rate Look, them at all. I rate Brad Parker. Matt Three Knees Tomoko is, 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 is going to be licking his lips about coming up against uh, Brad Parker. He's up against Parker. Well, I've got to look yeah. at sides. And no, I think he's up against Morgan Harper. Morgan Harper plays right side. So he's going to have three knees. Is that right? He's going to have, yeah, Morgan Harper's going to have three knees. And as he hasn't dealt very well with Isaac Tago, who is a very similar player, not as good as Tomoko, he's in trouble. But Brad Parker is a good player. Whether you like it or not, he looks like Han- Hank Scorpio from The Simpsons. And that, that you know, that's well made. Is he flashy? No. Does he get the job done? Yeah, he does. Um, will he ever play Origin? No, he won't. But he's a no. good centre. But Morgan Harper and, and Jason Saab are the places you're going to track there. Then if he was the, a Queenslander, he halves, you've got... <laughs> I think he is. Brad, no, he's from the. Isn't he from the buddy the Northern I Beaches? I think Brad Parker is from is from Queensland. I could be wrong. It doesn't matter. He's never going to play Origin anyway, unless Queensland get really desperate and find a way to justify that he is. <laughs> um, we got Kieran Foran and we got Daly Cherry Evans in the halves. That's pretty good, pretty experienced. I mean, getting on a little bit now, but whatever. But then mm-hmm. they've got your problem. Here's your front row. You've got Sean Kepi and Martin Tapao, who seems really past it. Mind you, if you want to run a player into form, who do you play? The Raiders. The Canberra Raiders. Um, so look out for Kapow to come out with one of his best episodes in years. Um, but in between, they got Lachlan Croker at hooker, who, uh, you know, I'm not easy a hooker. In the second row, you've no. got Olika Artu, who is a good second rower. No, he's, he's brilliant. But, you know, is he fantastic? But, and, and locking the scrum, you've got Jake Trebojevic. But in number 12, jersey number 12, you have a gentleman by the name of Andrew Davey. This will be his 13th match. He's 31 years old. This will be his 13th first grade match. Previously came out of Parramatta. At the age of 31, he's played 12 first grade matches. I, I question he can how play, great he is, Matthew. No, he can play. Davey can play. His points per minute's pretty high. And he's had, I think he's maybe had two ACLs. Like he's one of those players that, you know, promised the world and has had a pretty rotten run with injuries. Is there a bit of, um, you know, is there a bit of the clay priests about him? No, I think he's better than Clay Priest. Andrew Davey. Better than was, Clay Priest. Uh, yeah, I think Davey's, Davey's a that's, decent that's player. That's a big call. Better than Clay Priest. Come on. No, but I'm... I'm look, I'm, I'm quietly confident that our... our I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm confident that our, our lineup's better than theirs, but I'm quietly confident that we're going to get well, the, the lollies on the weekend. But my point... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you jump back in in a sec, Paul, but... My only concern is that Manly is playing in pretty atrocious <laughs> conditions. Uh, you have to because we're all on Zoom right now. It's a day game. That's my only concern. Anyway, we'll, we'll get we'll get into our lineup. Sponsored well, we got, by we got Dylan Walker in the fourteenth, so he will really always PlayStation. Will always be a thorn in our side. You, PlayStation, you got Carl Warden in fifteen. You got Ethan Bullimore, who was starting second row now onto the bench in sixteen. We tried to sign um, him, and he got you know that, right? We did. We yeah. did. Yeah, we did. Twenty twenty. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then mm-hmm. we got Taniela Paseka making 17. That That's their side, right? And as their 18th, they've got uh, to fire uh, Sipley is their 18th man. The forward pack looks weak. We've got a back line of CNK, Cottridge on one ring returning from his quad. We've got Rapin on the other wing. In between, we've got three knees to Moko and we've got the semi-trailer. 
um, in between. We've got Jack White and with Schneider in the halves. But then the this, this is where the sides, you know, arguably they could argue that they've got as least as good a backline, if not better than ours. They could argue that no, on paper. Then, but then the forward pack, we've got Papali'i with Tarpanay with Starling, which says here starting. I, I, he I start. would suspect he won't start. I, I would suspect he won't start, but we could be wrong. Then we've got Hudson Young, uh, Corey Hutter with a Nida um, in the second row with Elliot Whitehead at lock. Then on the bench, we've got Matt Frawley in 14, Emery Gouler in 15, Adam Elliott in 16, and Corey Horsburgh in 17 with once more Xavier Savage, the 18th man. Now, look, i got to tell you, if I was getting out of those two sides, if I was choosing a, a, a pack, it would not be the Manly pack. Yeah, but we said um, the Cowboys team was shit, and look what happened in that game. No, but yeah, yeah, but we also did say at the that... time... Yeah. We, we said at the time, if you wanted to play Tal Malola into form, you know, no, play know. the Canberra Raiders, and sure enough, what happened? And look, the Cowboys probably enjoyed playing in Brisbane on, on a day game. On the weekend, I think day games yeah, make no, a big look, deal to it. And I think also, I mean, of all the cl- of all the teams that we have a pretty bad record against, that we have an awful record against Manly. We don't play them that often. Um, oddly, they're one of the Sydney clubs that we play probably just once a year, apart from the last, I think, two or three years. But um, and Turbo has a pretty decent record about scoring almost every game against us. But you know, but, there's there's a couple of years in a row there where he actually went off injured. And we still managed yeah. to lose. Like, oh, I, turbo's I, off. And my concern is if it's a dry track in Mudgee that we can play, because they want to play an expansive game, they probably want to try and get the ball wide and with their speed. But having watched the way that we played against them in the trial, uh, and they had, you know, Schuster, and they had Olakowatu playing. Obviously, he's back, but I think Olakowatu is probably still carrying that injury. Um, I, I feel more confident than than I've ever felt going up against a Manly game for years. Now, and that's not me saying that I think we're going to win or we're going to win easily, but I'm always really, really nervous in the Manly games. I hate playing at Brookvale. It mm. seems to be the one oval mm. that gives up more ACL injuries than any yeah. other oval in the entire competition. And I, have, I, don't, oh, I don't ever want to play a game. At They've redone oh, the surface, mate. though. They've redone, if you looked at yeah, the last I, game, it wasn't as really chopped up. Like, I just, I just, I never want to play there. And it's always no, a slow. I don't want to play there. I agree with you. It, it's too close to the beach. It's too sandy. Yeah. Oh, what's your story for Wollongong? Um, okay, but now it's the segment that no one likes except me. The extended bench. He's on the extended bench. Um, well, and for the Manly Ringer Seagulls, they've got Josh Alawai or Oshay uh, Alay. <laughs> Oshay Alay. Oshay Alay. Um, Oshay Alay. Then you've got Cooler, um, big lad. Then we've got George Tafua, Jorge hey, hey, Tafua. Quick, quick um, trivia got... question. Quick trivia question. Where's George Tafua from? Uh, Manly. No, where's he born? What's, Can- what's his hometown? Canberra. Yeah, he's Canberra. from Canberra. He's from Canberra. <laughs> There you go. Did you, know, you go. Did you go up with him, mate? You like that? No, I didn't. But I, I do. I, there is talk in the manly um, chit chat that they might drop Morgan Harper this weekend for um, Cooler. Cooler was pulled at halftime in the Blacktown uh, Blacktown Seagulls, whatever they're called now. We got Kurt DeLuise in twenty-two. We got Christian um, 
I, I'm sorry, I can't pronounce your name, young man. You deserve me to have a better offer than this uh, in jer- jersey number 23. Tupalutu. Uh, Tui Tavake. Yeah, I just can't. Yeah, I prefer Christian, to not Tupalutu. say it than say it wrong. Yeah, but what yeah, and then we got Tui Tavake on for the radio? 24. Yeah, really should. Uh, and then on our Alexander bench, once more, we see Rhino Sutton there um, in 19, Trevelyan in 20, it's, it's, it's Schiller Sutton. in 21. It's Saton. You're right. Saton, sorry. Um, yeah. Sam, Sam Williams in 22. Trey Mooney with the most awesome haircut in our side um, in 23. You know what I discovered, you know what I discovered during the uh, last week in the multicultural round when all the players listed their heritage and stuff? Trey Mooney, half Croatian. That there made my go. day. Yeah, no, that no, made my very day. very good. Explain yeah, and then, how bad um, his haircut Hudson is. And then you've got, of Hudson, course, and here's Hudson the Young big news. Hudson Young is Ukrainian. There you go. Then we're all part the big Ukrainian. News is Peter Matt, Holler is Ukrainian. up onto the extended bench. Peter Holler is up on the extended bench in a big mark for the bloke who had a good match last week. Look, um, fascinating segment. I, I, I'm I'm going to give the extended bench to the Raiders simply because, apart from George uh, Tafua and Kurt DeLuise and Sipley, I haven't really seen these other players. Sipley's Yeah, I've seen him. Sipley's a Paul, beast. Can I ask you a question? He's played his best football since he's left the Tigers. Can I ask you a question, yes. Paul? Now, I've listened to mm. just about every single podcast that you guys have ever put out before I started jumping on and grabbing a microphone. Have you ever given the extended bench to the other team? <laughs> it could have happened. It could have happened. You Look, remember? talking about people who've actually analysed the game and, and know a little bit about what's going in, it's time to rip in with Arnie J. G'day Raiders fans. I hope you all had fun on Saturday night with the game and the win. I was lucky enough to go to the game and thoroughly enjoyed it. I even met a few Raiders Twitter as well, which was uh, great to put some faces to the names. The New South Wales Cup game intrigued me. Uh, Harry Rushton was the clear standout Raider for mine. Uh, He looked like a first grader playing in the reserves. So if he keeps playing like that, I expect he'll be in first grade very soon. Uh, Back to the game, though. I think we were lucky to win. Uh, Titans certainly have some serious fitness issues and some game management to boot. Um, They were up a long way. They really didn't play well in that second half, and they seemed completely gassed. Anyway, that's probably a four-point game uh, for us. Because uh, we'll be around the same mark as far as the table goes, I think, by the end of the season with the Titans. All right, on to this week. My models have us at a 38% chance to win, but on recent form, I think we have much better chance than that. Our uh, in-game stats are pretty similar to Manly this year. Um, and I certainly have a, have a theory uh, with Manly. Um, the salary cap maths is just too hard to work to win a premiership. So you burn 30% of the salary cap on the Turbo Brothers and DCE. The other 7 million divided by 27 players had an average of 260K. Now that's average. Um, so Manly probably this year are going to be, uh, they've been brought back to the field with the new rules so far. Um, they'll be able to beat up the lesser teams, obviously, not the big ones. Um, and I don't consider us a lesser team yet. Uh, certainly not when we can play well. Uh, we're not a lesser team. Uh, you know, I'm certainly not saying we're a premiership threat either at the moment. So when you look at the sides that have just been named, I think we have a superior pack 
and we're superior on the edges. Again, we need to play well for the 80 minutes. If we do that, I give us a real chance of winning. Go you green machine. Settle down, Look, Arnie. Um, Settle down. Yeah, you know, he came, Arnie came... held responsible. Arnie came down. He, he actually drove down from Port Macquarie. He came to down to the game on the weekend. I said to him at halftime, gee, you didn't choose it. Didn't pick a very good game to come down for. But it turned out he picked a great game. But he did get a bit loose. He did get a bit wild. At halftime, he was looking for a Titans fan to get into a fight with. Thankfully, couldn't find any. But yeah, he's... Found he's John wild. Sharkey, I believe, though, and got in a fight with him. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, they started making out at, at full time when the Raiders came back and won. It was beautiful. Right, there we go. Yes, but look... There were some very excitable kids, here, actually. He's a bit loose, he's a bit wild. There were some very excitable kids in front of us who, at one point when Jared Croker was taking the kick to send us from 22 to 24, they couldn't look. They said, just tell us if Croker kicks it or not. The point being, they thought... Like, what, was, they thought that having, watched, was having watched it on the telly and not at the game... Um, a couple of people jumped up on Schneider's kicking. His kicking was fantastic. And one of the kicks that he missed, he just he didn't line up the ball right. And you go back and watch the game, he just had the ball pointing slightly to the right. I mean, he never hard hooked one. He never hard pushed one. Um, I, I I don't know if I've ever seen a player be as as slick Coming after in. two games. Yeah. My gosh. Well, man. three. Like, three. Come on. He had 10 minutes last year. Let's not forget that. We all know as Raiders fans, that's two games. Thank you, Blake. What the question is, Tim, you're on the sideline. Yeah. What is he saying as he's about to take his kick? He's saying something. I don't know whether it's the old Melmaninga black oh, dot he, or no, he's saying nothing. There's 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 nothing actually coming out of his mouth. It's it's like it's muttering rather than actually any words whatsoever. But you know, one thing I did notice because like you know, two numb? of them were directly Your in front of Your lips are moving, me. I can't hear what you're saying. <laughs> very much, very much. <laughs> Um, but he doesn't take charge of his uh, area. You know, when they define planets in the solar system, my Matthew taught me this, the difference between a planet and a dwarf planet is a planet controls the environment. So if something comes in, it grabs it with its gravitational field. He doesn't control his environment because he had things behind him next to him and so on. He could have told them to piss off and move, move the advertising thing. And on two occasions, he wasn't able to do everything was abbreviated and brushed because he wasn't moving people out of the way and he had every right to whereas jared croker i've seen innumerable times when he's in those positions he just kicks the advertising horning out of the way tells the guy with the foxtel mic to go away and looks at the referee until they move back a little bit and that's what he does and all the good kickers make sure that they're completely in their space and if brad schneider is going to improve his kicking one of the things he has to do is own his space and say, I'm doing the kicking here and how I do it is how I do it. And you'll all get the hell out of my way because well, that's, that's his right. Because that's, that's, that's such an easy fix, right? So that's so great that we have a kicker that all he needs to do is look at the obvious, you know, because I, I watched him kick and one of the kicks, he just, he, he had the ball pointing slightly too far to the right. And the other, he slightly pulled, but there wasn't like shanks, you know. Like if, if my if my heart if my if 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 I had to make sure that the Raiders are going to make the eight based on Schneider kicking or Nico Hines kicking, I know who I'm picking. Nico Hines looks like he's about to do a poo when he's doing a kick. It's just nervous, man, you know. Yeah. And and Schneider's kicking, he, he kicked obviously for the week before in the first round, and this round he didn't kick them yeah. all, but he didn't he didn't like. Sh- sh- shank any he just he slightly pushed one Croker got seven out of eight in reserve grade 
So what? He did. He did. But look, talking about people who uh, shanked things, uh, Lord Funkington's been in a bit of strife. Hi, everyone. Lord Funkington here. Uh, been a rough week for Funkington and the Funkington household. I'm actually in uh, post-surgery recovery. Um, not allowed to leave the bedroom. Um, not allowed to, lead, to do a whole lot, really. So I've just been watching Raiders games on repeat. Um, actually had my spleen removed um, because I'd vented it too much thinking about Manly and talking about what I wanted the Raiders to do to Manly this week. God, I hate Manly. If there's one club in the entire NRL, in the entire New South Wales Rugby League competition that Raiders fans are entitled to hate, it is Manly. Grand finals, cheating bastards, beating us by one point, then one point, then one point again. Dylan Walker, you name it. It's always a close game. Even when they lose four players to injury, they end up trying. They end up beating us. Not this time, though. I'm highly confident this time. Our boys have got their shit together after last week's half a debacle. You know what I'm about to say. You know what's going to happen. Raiders by 56. Well, look, all, all, all of us wish for you to have a quick recovery there, uh, Lord Funkington. And my Lord, doesn't he not hate Manly? And don't we all hate Manly? I mean, if you're going to hate a side, who do you hate more than Manly? Come on. It's one of those things, isn't it, Matt, was saying, you know, you want Manly to do well so you can hate them because there have been various points in time when they've been crap and you start feeling... A bit like Wally Lewis at the back end of his career when he was getting, like, beaten up by... Um... Seagull Wally Lewis. Well, even with the last legs of when, when Wayne Bennett had it in for him at the Broncos and was forcing him out of the club, I started actually feeling a bit sorry for him. But I've yeah. never felt sorry for Wally Lewis in my life, just to let you guys I've know. never felt sorry for Wally Lewis. I tried to get Wally Lewis to sign when he had the brain autograph surgery. when I was six. I tried to get Wally Lewis to sign me an autograph when I was six and he got the shits and I was just like, you're an asshole. But so that's why when another podcast says that we can't use three knees, I'm like, yeah, well, King Gutho is also King Gutho, you son of a bitch. So like King LeBron. Mm. But um, no, Manly, Manly to me, it's, and I'm sure all Raiders fans that go way back, Manly to me, it's you've got to go back to the Manly that they used to steal the Western Suburbs players. They used to dominate. Steal the Roosters players, uh, believe it or not. Steal the Roosters players. And they used to also make sure that there was a time when John Quayle was the only person that could send anyone to the judiciary. So, you know, I have no real sympathy for Manly to be like a top stalwart team. But when it comes to the modern game, you know, I, I don't mind to see Manly do well so we can beat them, you know? Like, I hate, I hate the Roosters and I hate the Storm and I really dislike Manly. Yeah, because they're, so solace, they're solace fake teams that don't really exactly. have any true fans, whereas Manly is a real team. It's from a real area that loves rugby league to a certain extent. Ish. And, and there's some real, like, local <laughs> guys, like the, the Trevojevics, you know, there's, there's nothing not to like about them. Okay. There have been some things that have made me a little bit irritated. In fact, you might say they grind my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? Do you know what grinds my gears, Blake? Do you know what grinds my gears? Tell me. Tell me. That it has taken me, it has taken me so many seasons to find the lamb uh, shawarma that's on sale at Canberra State. <laughs> it was absolutely remarkable. I am used to getting food there that is barely edible, usually cold, just dreadful, massively overpriced. Yeah, but is it free? And then or? all of a sudden, free for me, yes. Um, all of a sudden, I finally discovered the lamb shawarma down at the Euro bit in the Meninga stand on the other thing. 
and it was freaking delicious. It was so damn good. Now, the fact the fact that I couldn't get off the toilet the next day is beside the point. <laughs> Going in, it tasted absolutely fantastic. And discovering after so many seasons of eating just dreadful food grinds my gears, Blake. It grinds my gears. You better say you better say allegedly somewhere along along the line. Otherwise, you might be sued by the the Euros King of Bruce Stadium. Oh, it's just the in-house oh, catering, isn't it? I, I can't, I can't, I, I don't know that it this was is, the Euros that I is, ate. This isn't a separate that, van, that is it? This is, part of the, on... this is part of the in-house. Because some of the actual vans that are there... This is part of the in-house good. thing. Yeah, the vans, there's the... Oh, yeah, the... no, there's some great stuff there. But I've got to say, I had the Grease Monkey the other day. Awesome. Um, uh, there was another one that I had there, the, the, the Speed Freaking Roast. Um, that's fair. This, yeah, I, Sprick and Chicken wasn't there, but I've heard good things, haven't eaten it yet. The donuts, both ends... Really, really well, good. They used to sell really the actual them. donuts. Now they just sell the the holes or whatever. You know the donut balls. Well, the ones up the uh, up the southern end, end were very, very good. But I hadn't discovered this thing. I'd eaten those burgers and the hot dogs, and they're just ordinary. And then I found the the gyros or whatever you care to call it. It was freaking delicious. You know, and maybe maybe it was part of the reason why that uh, the pork was attacking the chroma all of Sunday. I don't know. I can't tell you for sure. You know, it couldn't be. But you know what? Even if it was, it was worth it. It was freaking delicious. And speaking I recommend of, them, but it grinds my speaking ears. Of, no speaking better. of toilets, um, we failed to mention in Ask Kind of the Week that that segment's brought to you by Raiders Plumbing. Oh, yes, because if you want ass, you want crack. And if you want crack, go to Raiders Plumbing because not only will they fix your plumbing problems, but you're going to see plenty of crack. All right, what is up, Raiders fans all over the globe? I bet we're all feeling pretty good. I bet we're feeling nice. I know I'm feeling good. I'm over COVID. I'm over everything, all the bad feelings I had about this team. You know, went Saturday night with Blake, saw Arnie was there. It was good to meet that dude. Saw Phoebe from up in the stands, but uh, she blasted me on Twitter for being too lazy to come down and say hello to her. We'll see what happens next game. All right, all right. T-Max final home game. Farewell to that dude. Even saw my new uh, a new little mate at halftime. I just want to give a shout out to Halftime Henry. That's your new nickname. Don't wear it out. But yeah, we even saw Kevin from Cumnock from across the paddock. Everyone was out. Everyone was feeling good. The boys came back from a massive deficit. I know we've all talked about this, I'm sure, at nauseum. This is my one big takeaway. I think it's the least Raiders experience I've ever had. The most un-Raiders-like performance them coming back from 22. You know, I've seen some really bad games in my short time as being a Raiders fan, just about 13 years right now, as 13 or 14. Uh, You know, I sat through 40 nil in the pouring rain against the Tigers in 2012, watching Josh Dugan trying to figure out how to play 5-8. You know, I've, last few seasons, you know, watched my son get physically ill as the team just bled away double-digit leads. But nope. This is the exact opposite of that. I think it's like that scene in the NWA biopic, that awful film that they made, where uh, Easy es kind of like really bad at rapping, but then he puts on his sunglasses in the studio and then all of a sudden is amazing at rapping. So I think maybe Schneider and, uh, and Semi have found the sunglasses and they're going to go on a tear. This is it. It's the turning of the tide. No more faders. No more any of that nonsense. Uh, so, yeah, this week against Manly, Raiders by what? Six, seven thousand? I don't care. I don't know. Uh, my musical pick for the week, this is the record that's going to get you pumped for the game, is Napalm Death's Scum, their first record. Uh, and here's a little taste of it. This is a song called You Suffer. 
Yeah, it's beautiful, right? Here, let's listen to that one more time. Yep, there's about 40 more songs just like that one on this one. So kick back, chuck this one on, and get ready for Saturday. Uh, I love every one of you. Go eat green things. Anyway, good. there are, in fact, reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Part three. One, two, three. Look, and these are the wins against the Titans that can make a season just like the Panthers' destruction and fall apart and the Cowboys' destruction and fall apart last year destroyed our season, actually ended them, like destroyed harmony with the club, blew them apart. These are the wins that Bond decide and make them realise what they can do, make them think to themselves, we're not out of this and make them realize they can come back just like those other ones made sides feel like we haven't won this yet and get nervous. Those are the wins that make you think, no, we can still win this. And in the tunnel after press conference, uh, Rapana was talking to Ricky and, you know, in a very excited way about, you know, comparing it to the 2016 comeback that was in um, and when they'd come back from a similar point score and, and saying, you know, this is good. And it felt Not like that Dane too. Not Dane Till's 200th like match. It could have been, and, no, and, before, and it, it felt before, very much like there was a spirit in there. I thought they were a little bit too jovial and happy after the win, but good on them. They did get the, the chocolates and so on. But these are the sort of wins that do rebuild a system and make a, a club feel like, you know what, we can do these things, and it is good. You saw White and Rays. You saw Starling doing well. You saw all these things going well. It's a reason to be cheerful, Blake. Uh, well, it's also a f- like a four-point turnaround, that game, because presumably, I mean, I don't see us finishing top four, but I am hoping we're going to finish somewhere between six to eight. And the Titans are probably contenders for that part of the ladder as well. So it's really it's really crucial to to win that one because it's a four-point turnaround either way if the Titans had got over us in that one. Um, the other thing to be cheerful, I'm just yep. very cheerful about just the incredible form of um, Matt Tomoko and the rise of Matt Tomoko. I mean, he's still, mm-hmm. he's going so well. It's hard to believe that was only, what, his like 14th game or 15th game? Like, he's mm. just so self-assured. He's and he's just, yeah, he's every time, even, you know, against North Queensland, even in the first half, every time he gets the ball, he just keeps on going. He doesn't stop running. And that's mm-hmm. what yeah, reminds and me of a certain Broncos winger, Michael Hancock. Okay, three knees. So that's why three, three knees. knees has come back. Because the knees just keep on going up and also, down. Also, they do. And Whiten is another reason to be cheerful. Matt, who have you got? What's your reason to be cheerful? Uh, mate, like I, I, I honestly think premierships aren't won, as we all know, early in the season. And it's about building combinations. It's about trying to get people playing for each other, trying to get a team to believe in themselves and trying to get a team to believe in who's defending next to them. And, you know, many of those tries that we let in, you know, obviously some down our right-hand side, but some, there was a bit of luck involved, just like in that second week. But for <laughs> me, I'm, hear me out. For me, I'm, I'm really proud of the way that we have a new spine. Like we've got, we've got a, a hooker that, was meant to be our bench hooker and we've got a halfback that's basically two games in and they're combining incredibly well with Jack and with CNK, you know, we've now got Schneider delivering a pass to uh, Sebastian Chris and then also delivering that, that kick to CNK for the, the, tr- the, the game winning try that the glue that's there, that our structures are in place. It's, it's really positive. It's really, really positive. And I'm 
I, I rather look at the structures that we we tried to base our entire off season um, around, and they came through in that second half. We didn't change the way that we wanted to play from the first half to the second half in that game. We just had a little bit more discipline with the way that we went about that. Um, and obviously, you know, in the first half, we didn't, we we didn't. Um, what's the what's Execute. the word? We, we didn't, no, we didn't execute. And we, you know, and our percentages are down and all that sort of stuff. We had we had fifty percent, you know, completion rate. So we didn't complete to the way that we wanted to. But but ultimately, my reason to be cheerful is is the fact that this young spine and this young team with a new way to play backed themselves at halftime and were able to come out of a hole, which I don't think we would have been able to do a year or two ago. So I'm really proud of the way that the boys stuck strong and they didn't try and do it um, by throwing the fancy pass. They didn't try and do it by doing the the crazy play. And we used to do that. They did it by kicking to the corners, Mm -hmm. by playing high percentage and by backing their strengths, which was, you know, dominant possession, powerful football. And I feel like we have the side that can do that week in, week out. And I feel like we can compete with just about most teams in the competition now. I'm, I'm looking forward to the well, way that we Well, let's hope so. Yeah. It would be very good. Talking about competing, having just slagged off last week's Listener of the Week. Blake, have you got another Listener of the Week for us? I do. Listener of this week, uh, long-time listener, Cole Copeland. Very active on Twitter. I saw him at the actually at the ground... Um, on the weekend, he volunteers at the game. So he's out there, he's doing his bit for the club. Great fellow, great fan, big fan of the show. Uh, also quite a good cook from what I've seen on, on Twitter. You can always say a bit of a master chef. Unlike some other you people could. on this show. I'm not you a could, probably chef, wouldn't no. get kicked out in round two either. Probably no. go through yeah, a bit you know, further. Have, have, you, have you heard, I don't know if you've, you've seen um, the show Hard Quiz, Matt, but they've actually got a, every now and then they have a, a special called Battle of the Duds, where they bring back the worst contestants to compete <laughs> against each other. Maybe MasterChef could could do something along those lines. Yeah, anyway, yeah, thanks, yeah. thanks for thanks for listening to the show, yeah. Cole. Thanks for your support, and we'll send you some truffles to to try out. Look, look, and and it it has been suggested that we actually have a segment called Cole Watch um, because a lot of your meals are very entertaining. And, and uh, don't think we here at Blake and Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork aren't taking a very close interest in what you eat because we are taking an unnaturally high interest in it. No, it's very, um, it's very good. Aussie classics for... done the classic way. There's no deconstructed meat Strangely. pies with like sauce in a syringe or anything like that. No, nothing, no, your type of stuff, man. No. It's, it's just straight up. It's the no, good old fashioned. It's stuff. like, but now it's time for who's got a lift? Who? Yeah, I just didn't feel the love voice. I didn't feel it. It's Hudson Young. All right, I, I quit. I, I'm not going to sing to a man who's not wearing pants ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, I'm not putting them on. Um, <laughs> look, in a team where, and, and, and you know, in round one, Hutto, with that play, won us the match. He had a lot to do. He scored that try. It was very important. He did it. Up against the Cowboys... Uh, he wasn't good. He, he had a weak match. And in everything that happened in the match on the weekend against the Titans, while he wasn't deplorable by any stretch of the imagination, he's not injecting himself. He's not owning and being the player that we need him to be. 
um, and you know, really, really owning that spot at the moment. And I tell you what, I disagree. off the bench, we've got Adam Elliott, who disagree. is owning the spot. I disagree too. I see so much more in Hudson Young than I am seeing. I want to see so much more in him. And I'm not talking fancy stuff. I'm talking running the ball with the intent that I know he can do and hitting Mate, in the fence playing, like I know he can do. He's playing 80 minutes. The other back rowers are not. I, I completely disagree. But he's your who's got to lift. What about you? Like, uh, I mean, the only thing I've really out of that game was, you know, and it's it's very minor, but maybe Schneider working the goal kicking a bit, but you know, he, yeah, he kicks well that, against the Sharks. That's his his goal kicking is just it's it's on. I think personally, it's probably just a matter of process, and just the more experience he gets, yeah. because when you watch the television, he just lined up a couple wrong, um, and that probably rookie error, it, rookie um, error, like, dented his confidence. My who's got to lift is is. I mean, it goes back to the guys that I think are doing well, but my who's got to lift is the right side defense. You know, Manly like to attack down their left. Oh. They scored, I think, their try down or maybe two down our, our right-hand side. And Schneider, Valamai, Hadawiranaida, and Rapana, They've that's the first game that they've defended together. And um, they made two massive errors. You know, um, a lot of people are dumping Schneider, on Valamai. Schneider got Schneider got blamed, though, I think, and... For his miss, but that was more Valmai coming out. But the first one, I reckon actually Rapana needed to stay on his winger. Yeah. Emmy was and, sliding. And Valmai rushed up on the second, but if I've I've watched it and I've paused it and watched it and paused it like every second. And look, I, I'm not a coach, so I don't know whose fault it was, but there I think there might have been a number of mistakes, you know. Um, but Valamai certainly I think he prides himself on rushing up to try and shut down. Um, either the fullback or the outside, you know, the, the the outside attacker, and they they just milked it. Uh, and uh, and I know Manly good enough to at least score one, maybe two tries down that side. So, yeah. for me, hopefully, and I think watching Rapana's interview today on the the Raiders website, you know, they're aware that that Manly going to attack them down that side because you think about our 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 left hand side defense, Tomoko and or Why? Tomoko and and Whiten are brilliant, mate. They're probably yeah. as good good a defenders on that side as anyone is in the competition. Whiten mm. shut down Fafita so well in that game. Yeah. His legs tackles and the way that he can the way that he can give space to his attacker and then shut it down by closing them down quickly is as good as anyone in the competition. That yep, if correct. we can if we can if we can tighten our right side defense. Even just he, there was one like, where he uh, he totally like did the big brother thing on AJ Brimson, just wrapped yeah, and him he, up and, and just hurled him into the ground. How good is it to watch? He's like yeah. he's just this beast. AJ didn't have a happy night. No, now, and look, Schneider's I a good. Think, de- I think Schneider's a good defender, but if if we can just shut down five or ten percent of of their left hand side attack, we're going to win most games. So that's mine. Who's got a lift? Sorry, yeah, Paul, but... no, no, I, I'm I'm back. I all don't. That. I, no, I do too. I look. I don't even want it to get to that. I want our forward pack to be so dominant because on paper they should be. I want them to be so dominant over the, the manly pack that it doesn't even. You know, the field position's just not even there for manly to do anything but miracle balls. Now we know with Tommy Turbo and the speed of Saab and the ability of, of Garrick is that they could turn something on from deep in their own territory. They are perfectly capable of that. So. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like even if we got field position, they can score from anywhere. But I want to see our pack dominate. I want to see our pack dominate like they should in this. I want to really see them own Manly. And I think if they do, we can get away with a win because if we can go into the Storm match coming up in Wagga on the 9th of April day game, three out of four, it's gives you the confidence to play your game and to really cotton down on that. And that's that's what good starts are made for. Because after that, you know, after a five-day turnaround, we come back and we play the Cowboys at home mm-hmm. on a Thursday night. And you know what? I think they have improved out of sight. So they're going to have a point to prove about that was no fluke against the Canberra Raiders and be coming down to try and do to us what they just did the Brisbane Broncos. So I want to see our forward pack absolutely dismantle Manly in a systematic effort, which goes for 80 minutes, is never relenting and just really punches holes in them. And off the back of that, I don't think it's going to matter what the back lines do. I think our back line will just eat theirs alive, given that, given the possession and the field position. Hopefully we should get from that. Mm-hmm. Cottridge is That's back my too. View. Anyway. Is back too. That's my other. Yeah. Are we still talking reasons to be cheerful? Cottridge is back. Seb Chris wasn't, did much better yeah, yeah. Uh, in against, um, no, it's the best game we've had Seb play for a while. Like I thought Chris played really well on the weekend. You know, he diffused a few bombs and he had some pretty strong carries. He was he was and, much I, better. He was, but how I mean, as Raiders fans, everyone listening, how good was it to have Rap on a back? Yeah. The way that he the way that, that that man just bobs up around the ruck, tackles one, two, three, and four. He's he's on the wrong wing and he's over it's just he is a handful, and if he's if he is playing, no matter what, we are going to be difficult to play against. Because I lifts, think he oh, lifts the whole side. That's the truth. He lifts the whole side. My, there's, there's no other winger gosh. in the comp that has as much influence on their side as Rapa. He lifts the whole side. What anyway, I saw him do on the weekend. Let's hope we get a... what I've seen him do for us ever. Anyway, let's hope that we get the the lollies against the Manly Ringer Seagulls this weekend. Anyway, you have once more been listening to the podcast formerly known as the third most popular Raiders podcast, Raiders for You with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. I'm Matt. And he's Hollywood, Matt Lenevers. <laughs> we'll talk to you again <laughs> soon. Blake and the Pork.